Oh, sheesh, y'all. Welcome, everybody, to the next episode, episode eight of the Near Mint Hockey Card Podcast, the Hockey Card Podcast, hosted by two guys who own Alice Galchenyuk PSA 10 Young Guns. I'm your host, Elon Dubrovsky, and with me is your other host, Ryan Krieg. That was excellent, Elon. I think we should go with something like that. The Galchenyuk mention. Yes, we both have Galchenyuk PSA 10s in our possession. What will we do with them? Who knows? But until then, we can use that intro. Right, yeah. Or maybe every week we could come up with a different card that we have in common and until we run out, and then we have to come up with another gimmick to start the shows. But eventually... I kind of like we'll, that. <laughs> eventually we'll have a theme song, we'll have a cool logo, it'll, it'll all come together. But for now, I still think that even though we're a ragtag group with a lot of disorganization, I think we have a really good show today because some big news came out, Ryan. And you, right away, you wrote, this is like a reason to join our Discord channel over on the Keeping Carlson Discord server, the Hockey Card Discord channel, because Ryan right away wrote, everyone, emergency, drop what you're doing, because Upper Deck has announced the checklist for the 2020-21 series, and obviously there was one big name that we were wondering if it was going to be included, and he was. Yeah, so I think it was yesterday even, I was like, hey, does anyone know like if Lafreniere is going to be in Series 1 of Upper Deck this year? And it's kind of like crickets. And then I saw today, the checklist came through in my email, and it was like, Lafreniere, first Young Guns listed. And I was like, whoa, buddy, this is a big deal. Um, so I guess the NHLPA made an exception for a couple guys this year so that the Young Guns checklist would not be a total tire fire. Um, and yeah, Lafreniere is the headliner. Yeah. So all of a sudden this becomes a hot ticket, right? Like this is, a, it goes from a box that you'd have no interest in buying to something that you want to grab right away. Cause I think we're assuming this Alexis Lafreniere young guns card is going to be very valuable, like right from the start. And then who knows how valuable it'll be, you know, after a few years, but right away, that's going to be a card that everyone wants to get. And the only way to get it as of now is you could pre-order one of these boxes. Ryan, you, how many boxes did you buy today? I have a fair few. It depends on how many others buy from me, but uh, right now I have eight. Um, And yeah, I think for me, like I'm investing in the boxes in a way. I'm going to open a couple on the show. Maybe people can buy their chance at Lafreniere's. Um, So I'm not buying them all for me. But uh-huh. I how think, many did you put in your order and how much was it? Oh, I bought 10 and you have s- wanted two. So you have two now. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them I'm going to put away in storage and kind of invest in Lafreniere in kind of the proxy way where you put the box in the closet and hope you forget you have it. And then, you know, two or three years down the line, that box is more expensive and you can resell it. Um, the McDavid boxes are about five times what they cost when they were released so you can just invest in those boxes and people will buy them with that chance at getting Lafreniere once he's a superstar yeah I mean like I just know that I don't have good luck like I'm not like you I'm not gonna pull a McDavid on like the first box that I open (laughs) or in this case a Lafreniere so I feel like that's what I want to do too I got these got you announced that you've bought a bunch of boxes and asked if anyone wants to buy any from you by the way we didn't even share like how much money did you spend like how much is it per box uh, the boxes are about 130 each with shipping and taxes and all that junk included. And how many um, packs is that? Like, I, I'm trying to work out how, what are the chances of a Lafreniere? Let's work backwards. So how many packs? <laughs> so there's 24 packs. Young guns are one in four. You should get six young guns per 
box. Right. And there's 50 And there's them, right? 50 young guns. Yeah. Damn. It's too bad like they dis- didn't decide to like have fewer young guns since a lot of these players haven't played. You would have thought maybe there would be a higher chance this this year of getting Lafreniere, but I guess then that would make it less valuable. So maybe it's good how it is. Yeah. But if, so if you're saying you're going to get 6 of them, so you have a 6 in 50 chance of getting one, which is I'm getting on my calculator. 6 divided by 50 is 12%. So you, each box is a 12% chance of getting a Lafreniere, but of course you could also get like a a special kind, right? There's all of these parallels and uh, exclusives version, which will be worth even more. So obviously yeah. you have a 12% chance of getting the regular and then also a really minuscule chance of getting something like super valuable. Yeah. So there's in the hobby box, they have those exclusives. There's the clear cut young guns. There's a bunch of inserts that you can't get in what's called retail. So uh hobby box, I think is $30 about more expensive than the retail one. In the retail one, you just get young guns. Um, and that's basically it. You can't get these like fancy young guns. Um, so the other thing is like, I actually think the young gun class this year is better than it seems. Like I thought it was going to be bad, um, but there's some good players in there. You've got guys like Burlberg, um, trying to remember them all off the top of my head but oh i've got them here like i i think we should definitely talk about the full list and okay, which sweet. players we're excited about so yeah but just like to finish the loop on lafreniere like that he's the guy to go for and you just spent look like a thousand bucks or whatever on these boxes but i think i agree with you that if you have the willpower to buy a box like i'm playing my two boxes also like i said i'm, I'm not planning on opening them and i think if you have the willpower how can you lose money on this like the, the value isn't gonna go down i guess unless all these players turn out to be busts including lafreniere and then no one has interest but assuming lafreniere becomes a superstar i feel like you buy the box now and it'll either stay the same price or or it'll go up right so it's pretty exciting yeah so i was saying earlier today i think the worst case is you kind of can resell this box for what you bought it for because you're getting it at the price that the stores are selling it for before Mm -hmm. they're rare right um if you think about that mcdavid box you can't really go into any store and pick it up it's on ebay but you have to spend it's it's literally five times what this new box is um so yeah, I mean, you're investing in the player through the box kind of deal. <laughs> yeah, but, you've said, you, but you said you are going to open a couple because you're going to be nice and uh, show it to us on the podcast, which I'll be very excited about to live vicariously through you while I have my boxes sitting nicely, trying to keep them in a nice temperature or whatever, so that one day uh, I'll be able to resell them for a big profit. Or, or maybe one day I'll just be like feeling down and like, I know how I'll cheer myself up. I'll open up a box and then I'll end up like feeling probably more down after I'm done. But that's how it goes. So let's, let's talk about some of these other rookies in this box like that's the news for today because Lafreniere is not the only one there's some interesting names here because some players who've never played an NHL game somehow got in here like the the fifth one here number 205 in the box is Boehm Byram from the Avalanche yeah that's a big one 
Yeah, it's a big name. Like we just did a Keeping Carlson podcast recently with Victor Nuno, and he suggested that he thinks Byron might even be better than Makar. And obviously, it's easy to say we'll find out. Even if he is actually a better player than Makar, it doesn't mean he'll actually get the role on the top power play that Makar has, which makes him such a superstar because he could get like seventy plus yeah. points a season. But uh, just that possibility that Byron could be like Makar or even half as much. Like Makar, young guns right now are already selling for like seventy, eighty dollars raw, and this card like just came out. And so he's a cool name. It's like, so do you know anything about how they decided who to include and who not to include? Or was it just they picked some rookies? And, like, is it because Byram showed up at the sort of training camp before the playoffs last year? That's how they were able to get some pictures of him? Yeah. So I believe that originally they were only going to allow people in that were at the bubble. So guys like Byram were there practicing. And so they've got, you know, they've had photo ops and whatnot. Um, and that's true for a lot of those guys like Pavel Francouz is on this list somehow. I mean, he's, he's played in the NHL. What happened there? Francouz, I think it's pronounced Francouz, but like he played, I might be totally wrong here. Uh, but like he played like a lot last season. Like how was he not in series two? Like Shostyorkin was in series two and he played fewer games than Francouz did. So how did that happen? Like, was that just like a total miss? And also, uh, Lap said in the chat that Pavel Francouz is a 30 year old. Is he the oldest young gun? And I, I know already that the answer is no, because David Ayers has a young gun from That's last true. year. That's true. He's like 40 something. And so does Gritty, and who knows how old Gritty is? <laughs> well, he's one, right? He just came out. <laughs> that, I guess that's sort of true, but that would be a little weird. Um, <laughs> but I don't know how this happened with Francis. Like, I didn't even think about him. Like, I, ever since I've been collecting, you know, and I've been seeing names, I never thought to myself, oh, I want to look up what a Francis is selling for, but I would have been surprised to know that he didn't even have a card. Yeah, so I think. The strange thing with right now is that normally there's lots of rookies to choose from, right? Uh, there's a lot of rookies that come in at the draft. There's a lot of guys that make a team. There's even guys mid-season that jump onto teams. And so a guy like Franco's like doesn't really reach their radar. And now they're kind of scraping the bottom of the barrel. They get guys like him they get Kivi Ranta who showed up out of nowhere and uh like lit it up in the playoffs for Dallas uh they're getting a couple guys that the NHLPA has said you know you're allowed to put these guys in even though they haven't played in the NHL and obviously they got their their big boy in Lafreniere and it's going to be kind of interesting to see what photo they choose for him because you know his draft day was done on zoom or whatever so there's not a there's not really a photo of him being handed his jersey by the GM or anything like that. And then I assume he's been to New York, but I'm not really sure if he's even had a photo op to like put on a Rangers jersey and like skate on the ice or what is happening. (laughs) That doesn't sound like too hard of a picture to get, right? Like just send a cameraman to his house with a jersey and be like, let's do this. But I guess we'll find out what that picture looks like. And actually we had an original plan for this episode where we were going to talk about some of our favorite young guns in terms of how they look. And yeah, uh, yeah, it's kind of funny. We may push that to another show now since this big news came out, but it'll be fun to see if Lafreniere's young guns will be on the list of best looking or worst looking. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe somewhere in the middle. Uh, 
I'm down to just like kind of talk through this list. I, I'm in a unique position right now. I feel like where if we were to do this episode like a couple months ago, I would have been totally unequipped to talk about some of these names. But now I've done a bunch of like uh, prospects themed episodes on the Keeping Carlson Fantasy ah. podcast recently. So I know some of these names. Plus, I just drafted in a dynasty league with my friend Mathieu or Jack here in the chat room. So I know some of these names and then obviously we have Lap and Mathieu in the chat room here that could correct me if I'm wrong, but I think I know which are going to be the big value young guns. So how about we go through them and we could see if you agree or disagree with me as we go. Yeah, so I have kind of a short list of guys that I called out as well. Um, How about we just like count from 200, like count through the 50 in order. I have the checklist right here. Sure. All right, so Lafreniere's 201, Reed Duke, he's nobody. Do you remember him? Not really. Okay, so Reed Duke was the first player ever signed by the Vegas Golden Knights. Oh, okay, that does sound familiar. And did he actually end up playing a game at some point? No, no. I don't know if he ever will, but he's got that notoriety of being the first ever Golden Knight. Do you think that might make his card valuable, like just for Golden Knights fans that like have Uh, that piece of history? I I kind of doubt it. And like the kid's still young. Maybe he'll play, but I would kind of skip that one. Yeah, so he's 24 years old, and he got 15 points in 39 games in the AHL last season. Eh, You know, that's not nothing. Yeah, maybe like a an injury, and all of a sudden he gets called up. But here, he's going to already have a Young Guns, and I guess people can decide if they want it. Okay, I'll stay away <laughs> from him. Alexander Alexeyev is yeah. next. He's some. He's a name I've heard. A lot of this is not going to be like I'm going to have like big, big insight, but I'll just tell you, like, this is a name I've heard that people are <laughs> into. So I think that he is someone that could be worth getting, maybe like a... I don't know, like a Dylan Cousins level, not even like, I don't know exactly like at what level, but he's 20 years old. Last year, he had 21 points in 58 games in the AHL, which isn't actually that great. So I don't know. He, he was yeah. drafted in, the, he's a first round pick in 2018. So that's why, you know, him. he was a first round pick and he's kind of one of those guys that could make a lineup, but he's not going to blow anyone's socks off. So as far as his young guns go, I don't think we're going to be talking about it too much. But this is kind of what I love about this new release is like they're so early that if you really know your hockey, you can maybe get in on these guys before they become like real players. Right. I guess it's the kind of thing where he's a guy, if I pulled it, I wouldn't just like, you know, be like, Ugh, forget this card. Like I would hold on and like kind of hope for the best. But you're saying the who I guess the other maybe more exciting Washington Capitals prospect is Connor McMichael, who's also in this set. Uh, would you yep. say he's he's better than Alexeyev? I think he's probably more unknown, but probably has a higher upside. Um, he's he's obviously put up points in the CHL. But, of course, we don't know really what he's able to do with with the big boys. Um, but, yeah, yeah. I, would, I would probably pick McMichael over. Alexeyev. Yeah. 102 points in 52 games last year in the CHL. Yeah. So uh, he's an exciting guy. Okay, going down the list some more. So Philip Broberg on Edmonton. Yeah, another that first guy. Round pick. I mean, as an Oilers fan, I am stoked on Broberg. He is elite skater. And he's been playing over in Europe and like, it was like game two and there was like a sweet highlight. Um, so the Oilers are high on him. I expect him to be in the lineup. Probably not this year. Cause I don't think he's even allowed to come back, but it won't be long. It'll probably be next season. Okay. Yeah. And he's, 
you know, the Oilers have like also Bouchards. They have some interesting defensemen maybe ahead of him. So it might be hard for him to be an all-star. But with Oilers fans like you in the world, maybe you could still get something from Broberg. Kind of like how Caden Primo on the Habs, his card is still selling for so much. And I really don't get why like he had like a couple good games in the NHL last year. Maybe somewhat of a prospect. But, you know, the, the Habs just re-signed Jake Allen for another couple years. And they have Carey Price forever. Like it's going to be forever before Caden Primo. I guess if you want to do a deep investment, maybe he's worth it. Maybe the same with Broberg. That was one of my uh, first sales, actually, was the Primo. I got a Primo in a pack, and I was like, okay, we'll look this guy up because I didn't really understand a lot of the values. And he was selling for, it was like $18. I think I sold mine for $18. I was like, what is, why is this guy so expensive? And you're looking at like other guys next to him that are like $1 or $2. So I was happy with that. Yeah, for sure. I think it was a good sell. And who knows, maybe one day you'll be kicking yourself when he's winning Vesna after Vesna, but I'm not going to bank on that. Uh, so then there's Bowen Byram, who we discussed. I think he's probably one of the best cards you can pull in this set outside of Lafreniere. Uh, we'll see as we go through if we come up with someone you like I, even better than Byram. I would say that Byram is my second pick after Lafreniere. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Uh, so then we have a goalie on the Canucks, Michael DiPietro, yeah. who... It has, like, a high pedigree, right? He was drafted in the third round in 2017, but a lot of people thought that maybe he and Demko would fight for who's going to be the future starter of the team. Right now, Demko's obviously super far ahead after that amazing playoffs, and everyone's, like, drooling over that guy. Meanwhile, DiPietro, who's been great uh, in the minors, but he played one NHL game last season and got smoked. And yeah. so I guess right now people may not be so high on him, but I think, you know, a couple years down the road, it might be a bit closer than people think in terms of who ends up like once Holtby's contract is done and it's between Demko and DiPietro, I could see it going either way. Yeah, well, don't forget that Demko got lit up in the NHL also. Mm-hmm. So it's not like DiPietro is bad because of that game. I think the other interesting thing with DiPietro is he might still be young enough to play in the World Juniors in December. And if that happens and we happen to have the cards in hand by then, that could be oh, a really be interesting moment. I guess then you have to make the decision. If he's doing well, do you sell for a profit or do you wait because you think he's going to have a future strong NHL career? But he yeah. had a great World Juniors in 2018-19, yeah. percentage in four games. Yeah, for me, like, the goalies are so impossible to figure out. I'd probably be selling it earlier than later. But you could definitely make the case to hang on and he could be an NHL stud. Lap in the chat room, by the way, agrees that the primo value is ridiculous right now. And he thinks it's just because he's a hab, which makes yep. sense. People love the habs. That's why both of you, aren't we both also Tyler Toffoli PSA 10 Young Guns owners? Or is that just me? Uh, I definitely have some Toffoli's. I don't know if I got the PSA 10. Oh, okay. Well, I got mine as soon as I saw I was going to the Habs. It was same with Josh Anderson, right? It's like, grab that card right away because Habs fans love their star players. And so you just got these. Now we just need these guys to hit. If Tofoldi could do on Montreal what he did on Vancouver at the end of last season, then I think that I'm going to be able to flip that card for a, a nice tidy profit. But we'll see. Uh, okay, next on the list here, you mentioned Yoel Kiviranta. Yeah. So he uh, obviously had a couple of really big playoff games. Aside from that, I don't know how big of a star he'll be, but Matthew and I picked him in our Dynasty League like super late. So I, would, I wouldn't mind yeah. if he could have a few other big games to help us in fantasy. And maybe his card could be worth something. I wouldn't bet on it, though. No, I think Kiviranta is going to be a serviceable third liner his whole career. I actually listened to an interview with their coach where, you know, he praised him for being the guy that stepped up and just crushed in those games and basically won them a game. 
But he also kind of stated that Guryanov is their guy, Hintz is their guy, and Kiviranta kind of, you know, rose above his actual stock. Right. Uh, here's another name, actually, that I'm kind of excited about. So I'm going to skip. Okay, there's Joseph Wall, a defenseman on the Leafs, who's like already very old. He must. Yeah. He's like he's around the same age as Francois, isn't he? Francois. Sorry, I was corrected in the chat room. Francois. Yeah, that... I think he's getting older. He played in the AHL for a while. He's actually serviceable defenseman, but he's not going to be making a single highlight reel unless someone walks him. So <laughs> I'm not super high on him from a hype level. I just searched Joseph Wall and I got a Leafs goalie. So maybe I'm thinking of someone else. Don't, don't, oh, are you? Who am I? Maybe thinking you are of? thinking of something else. Okay. Well, we blew this podcast. Let's start over. <laughs> no. All right. Well, either no. way, I'm not too excited about him. If I, I'm mixing him up with some defenseman on the Leafs. Please, in the chat room, help me to tell me what, who I'm trying to figure out here. Uh, okay. The next guy I'm actually pretty interested in. So Josh Norris on the Sens is someone also I'm kind of surprised he doesn't already have a card since he did play three games with Ottawa last year. And you'd think maybe that could have been enough to get him on a card. But no, but that's good for the value of this box because he is, first of all, he had a good year last year in the AHL, 61 points in 56 games. He's a former first round pick by the Sharks in 2017. I think they got him back in the Carlson trade. Yep. Yeah, so and sure. the other thing and the thing with the Sens is they don't really have much center depth. Like if you look, they have some really exciting prospects. Now they have Stutzla, they obviously have Brady Kachuk and and some other fun names, Drake Batherson. So we think like uh, you know, they just signed Dadanov. So I feel like it's the kind of situation, kind of like in Minnesota, where whoever steps in to be that number one center, potentially centering a Kachuk and Stutzla or something, could end up just like kind of being buoyed up. Like and, and not to say that Josh Norris isn't talented and can't, you know, already be successful on his own, but if he's gonna be a top liner and one day obviously this all depends on the Sens actually being good one day but if one day they go on a pl- finally get into the playoffs go on a playoff run and if Josh Norris is their top line center you know Ottawa fans are maybe not as big as Montreal fans but I don't know I feel like that this is a high upside card potentially to sell when the Sens have a big playoff run yeah I'm not as stoked on Josh Norris I love his name that it's <laughs> Norris but he can't win that award unless something crazy happens right um <laughs> but I don't know. Who do you see as the Sens' top-line center in a couple years? Colin White? I think Colin White will be their second-line center. I think they hope that Batherson will become their first-line center. Mm. But I think it's more likely that uh, Stutzla becomes their top-line center or someone not on the Sens becomes their top-line center. Interesting. Okay. So I guess we'll see. I, I thought Batherson was a winger, so that's why I didn't think he was going to be eligible for that. But I must, okay, Joseph Wall, he is a goalie. I don't know. I don't know why. Oh, there is a good. Okay, Justin Hall is a defenseman. H O L L versus W O L L. That's why I got confused. All right, my bad, everybody. But at least there is someone, and I'm not just like going delirious here. Yep. All right, so. I'm higher. I'm not saying to go and spend like a lot of money on a Norris, but if you know people start selling these young guns on eBay, and I see a Norris going for like 99 cents or two bucks, he's sure. someone I would grab. By the way, speaking of it, can I just slip this in right here? 
I could maybe we can make this a weekly segment. My like the cheap buy of the week, someone that I'm into now, and I bought a couple two dollar cards of this guy, and I'm pretty excited about it. I just got a couple Cal Peterson young guns, right. and because I had William Nadeau and Victor Nuno, two prospects experts on the Keeping Carlson podcast over the last couple of weeks, and both of them were super high on Peterson. They're both super high on the Kings in general and all of their great prospects and how good they're going to be in a few years, and they both expect Peterson to be the starting goal. So this could be like a Hudobin situation, right? Like he leads them as the starting goalie through a playoff run. And that's when his card is, is going to spike. And like, so uh, yeah. I'm excited about Peter. For a couple bucks, you can't go wrong with a potential starting goalie on what could be a really strong team in like three years. Yeah, I think if you're in it for the long term, like three to five year scenario, that could be pretty interesting because their prospects are quite deep, but their actual team is going to be very bad in the next year or two. So yeah, you know it's two dollars, so I think you're making a good investment there. And I've had him in fantasy a couple times, and he has been great whenever oh, they yeah. give him a chance. I don't know why they don't give him more chances, but well, I think they will this year. Like last year, they still had Jack Campbell halfway through, and so he was like in the minors a lot. So I think next year, yeah. he's I think going to be fifty fifty with Jonathan Quick, especially if there's going to be this condensed schedule. There's right. no reason for them to ride Jonathan Quick unless they're just trying to tank. Because I think <laughs> we all expect that Peterson's better than Quick at this point. So I think it's time. I think it's just he had to pay his dues for a bit and now jack campbell's gone and it's it's peterson time and so uh yeah i don't know but it, definitely i agree with you like this is a three same with josh norris by the way i think any sends in, like my brady kachuk psa 10 i'm not planning on flipping that until the sends get into the playoffs right like i'm either gonna wait for the sends for like brady kachuk to retire having never made the playoffs and then i'll be like well i guess i blew it <laughs> with this card never. or i'm just gonna wait for him to just get his first playoff run and that's what I've, i'm gonna look to sell that would be hilarious if they never made the playoffs. That would be so sad. Be Especially very senators of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Didn't the owner say that like in three years they're going to win the cup? Yeah. So like I guess if you believe him, you should be buying all the Ottawa cards in the world. Right. However, I wouldn't believe that guy about anything. <laughs> Maybe it will depend a lot on if Matt Murray can go back to how he was back when the Penguins won their couple of cups. Yeah. I don't know about anyway. that. <laughs> He's a guy, actually, that I've been watching a few of his PSA 10 auctions on eBay, and they've gone a bit higher than I wanted. But if I could get him for, like, 80, I don't know. I feel like if I could get him for 80 or 90, but I probably can't. But, like, I would buy in just because, again, it's like, if the Sens go on a playoff run and he's the starting goalie, I'd be down to sell him then. But we'll yeah. see. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that's a good price. Yeah, I, that's, a, that's a wish list that's probably I'm never going to fulfill. But that's what I'm looking for. People are probably wanting to spend like 130, 140. And I just like, I think there's a big chance that he just is a total bust. And so that's yeah. why. Okay, so uh, let's look down the list here. So Morgan Geeky, didn't he have like just one game last year or two games? He scored a bunch of goals. So like whenever I sort players by their average fantasy points last season, <laughs> he's always right at the top of the list. I'm seeing Yeah, he here. played like one or two games and, ha- and was like two points per game in that. Yeah. Three goals and one assist in two games. Um, Aside from that, he had 42 points in 55 games with Charlotte of the AHL. He's on the Carolina Hurricanes, we should mention. He's not a nobody. He's a card I would be happy to pull. Not, not. I don't think he's going to be a superstar, but he's... he's Yeah, he's he's been around for a while, right? What was his draft year? I'm seeing here he was drafted in 2017. So, yeah, I guess third round. So, just kind of came out of nowhere last year. Yeah, again... Well, we'll point out the big name guys, and I would definitely take like a Josh Norris over uh, Morgan Geeky. So, yeah. For what it's worth. Okay, then we have some names here that I'm not too excited about. So how about I'll just like rhyme some off and then you could tell me when to stop. Sure. Uh, Lucas Carlson on Chicago. Uh, Ty Delandria on Dallas. Actually, Ty Delandria is a name that I've heard. 
Yeah. Like so nothing it, crazy, but could be a guy. So let me just quickly just check check him out here. So he was drafted. Oh, that's why. I know all the first rounds. Like he was drafted in the first round, actually 13th overall, 2018. So he's like recently drafted and pretty high. What did he do last year? 70 points in 47 games in the OHL. You know what? I'm higher on uh, Ty Delandria now after uh, <laughs> looking at this. Like he'd, he'd be a guy I'd be happy to pull. Maybe I'd have him higher than Morgan Geeky. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. He's. I mean, Morgan Geeky is more of a known asset. You know more what he can do. Um, I just don't. Yeah, I just feel like he doesn't strike me as someone who's going to be a star. Right, right. Well, and I think I think even Lucas Carlson like could have some potential. Uh, if I recall correctly, he's a Swedish defenseman, but I don't know that much about him. You know what? We should maybe do this again sometime and bring on like a prospect expert, like Victor or William. Bring them as a guest on the show to talk through these guys. But. Uh, in the meantime, we're giving our hot takes. Is it new? We didn't even know we were going to do this show on this topic until the big news came out. Okay, I'll go through a few now. So Dylan Coglan on Vegas. I don't really know anything about him. Gabe Velarde on LA. Someone Lap just said in the chat room here has seven points in 10 NHL games and 35 and 32 in the A. So yeah, that's something. Gabe Velarde has been a guy that I've kind of been watching for a couple years. If he makes the NHL and can do what he's done at other levels he's going to be very impactful and he's going to be playing on that LA team that has lots of young talent. Mm-hmm. That is so yeah, he'd probably be like a top 10 out of 50 in this list. Yeah. He wouldn't be the worst pull better than uh, Pierre Olivier Joseph, I think. Yeah. I mean like, so what's funny is in the penguins farm system or prospect list, PO Joseph comes up a lot as one of their top guys but that's because they haven't had a first-round pick in, I don't know, forever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they don't necessarily. Yeah, it's like he's not he's standing out, but it's amongst not the greatest set of players. Right. And for now, it just doesn't seem like the Penguins. They're still trying to you know keep their run going with their yeah. stud players. And yeah, they were lucky that they got Gensel to be as good as he is. And also right. John Marino and, really had an amazing rookie season. And Russ turned out... The one thing with Pierre-Olivier Joseph is if he cracks that roster sooner than later, it could be interesting to see his card rise like quickly and kind of sell it at that point. But it's kind of a hope and a prayer situation. Yeah, and like uh, that'll be that's what I'm so excited about because again, we haven't actually been in this hobby during an re- actual regular NHL season. Like, if Pierre Olivier Joseph gets on the top line with Crosby and has a couple good games, like, does his card spike? Like, it sounds like in fantasy his value would spike, but I don't know if his card would spike. But I guess we'll learn as, as we go. I think that's what this podcast could become once the season starts is kind of like reacting to like who's up and who's down sort of over the past week. And if we think it's for real and you should sell or not, like, that's kind of what I'd like to get to at some point, at least for some of our shows. <laughs> yeah, that'll definitely be a lot of fun. All right, who you got next? All right, so now I'm just going to rhyme off some names. Okay, Martin Kaut on Colorado. Tyler Kaut Benson. actually, oh. just stop you there. <laughs> Kaut actually does have some high upside. Um, I believe he played in the World Juniors for a European team. I'm not going to even try and guess which one. Might be Czech Republic, but um, he's got some. he's got some upside there. He's a guy that I've kind of watched – as he's progressed, I feel like he was maybe 2018 draft, if I guess. In All right, the so I got it here. Yeah, 16th overall by Colorado in 2018. There we go. 
Yeah, and he played last year in the AHL, 18 points in 34 games with the Colorado Eagles, and right now he's playing in the Czech League, and he's got four points in four games. I don't know. So, oh, so I was right about the Czech, too. Okay, yeah, so I think he's one of those guys that, like, if he does make the NHL, he could have an impact, and, you know, he's a CHL import, I believe. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. He's not the level of Velarde, I wouldn't say. But not not like skippable, man. So it seems like so far this box is like all hits, according to you. You're, or maybe you're just an optimistic guy. Well, it's like it's the thing with prospects, right? Is you don't know who's going to be good, who's going to be bad. You don't know how good they're going to be. Are they going to be like a roster player, or are they going to like come out of nowhere and be amazing? Um, which is kind of the interesting part about a new young gun series coming out if you can get like all of them besides like lafreniere for two bucks each is it like a good investment to just pick them all and see what like which one takes off i mean i guess i don't know two bucks each does add up to like a hundred bucks uh for 50 of them but yeah i don't know last year there's like a lot of exciting young guns like your Jorkins and your you know Hughes and Makars, like there's a lot of guys that ended up being worth a lot of money, at least at this point. So yeah, yeah. we'll see if this set has any of these type level of guys. Okay, so at some point I want to just rhyme off some names because I think they're useless. <laughs> but feel free to keep jumping in. Uh, Laps has looked rough in the NHL. I don't know like, how much weight you want to put on that. He played nine games, had right. three points, but yeah, very young. He, was he only had like his show. Well, so before you name off some names, Tyler Benson was your next one, right? Yeah, and you're an yeah. Oilers fan, so I'm sure you have stuff to Oilers say Oilers fan here. Uh, he's been destroying the AHL. So I'm not saying that's going to translate to the NHL, but if he does figure out how to do that, he's the type of guy that just goes to the net and puts the puck in. So he could be, you know, Cassian 2.0 on a McDavid line. And if that happens, big if, his card could go crazy. So whose card do you think is going to be worth more a year from now between Tyler Benson and Jesse Pugliarvi? Uh, I think Pugliarvi because Ken Holland has actually stocked that team well. He's made a bunch of signings, and he's made it very difficult to make the team. So Pugliarvi is going to be on the team 100%. Benson has to make the team. Sure, but like if Pugliarvi is on the team, but then isn't especially impressive, then you know, right now I think his card still has a lot of value because people still see that first round pick like potential to be a big hit. Like the more evidence he provides that he's not that amazing, the you know less people are going to be willing to invest in his future. So I think this season will tell us a lot. Like he'll either yes. go... Yeah, like so we'll have to see what what happens there with Fuliarvi. But Tyler Benson, I guess, still will have that excitement for a few more years. So two, two fun guys to watch. Have you have you been thinking of buying any Pooley RV cards before the season starts? I do have one Young Guns, uh, but I don't think I'm going to like heavily invest in him because it's one of the most risky Young Guns you could buy. There's high upside for sure. If it clicks, that guy does have talent. He played great overseas. You know, he's wearing the golden helmet they give you for being the best player on the team. Um he's shown that he can play hockey. It's just whether or not he can put it together in an Oilers uniform with the pressure, you know, alongside superstars. And I think there there was an interview done with him where 
he talked a lot about his mindset and his confidence and you could just see it the first time he was in the NHL. He was playing like three steps behind his, his like talent because he was just thinking about it. He's like, Oh my God, McDavid's there. Like I have to give him the puck instead of making the right play. I see. And so maybe he'll be different though. I guess like, I wonder if he might turn out to be more like a Valerie Nachushkin, who was actually a very good acquisition for Colorado last year, but it wasn't a superstar. It wasn't the kind of guy whose hockey card is going to, you know, be uh, coming off the shelves very quickly from all the excited buyers. So we'll see if Puliarvi can be like a star or just like a very sort of valuable player to the team, but not an exciting player that people want to buy their card. Right. Well, if you're putting up points in Edmonton, your card goes wild. Right. He needs to get on the top power play, right? I, I I wonder if there might be a fight for that last top power play spot because Kyler Yamamoto wasn't on the power play in the playoffs. And so it was like Pooley Arvey jumping ahead of Yamamoto. And I guess we're going to learn a lot once yeah. the season actually starts. It's going to be exciting. I would give it to Yamamoto because he is just, he's like Braden Point out there. He fights for everything. And on the power play, if you don't lose those one-on-one battles, like you're power play is much better right you're not chasing the puck down the ice constantly so i mean that would be my choice but it really depends on who ends up on that unit generally sure well we know it'll be rnh dry and mcdavid and probably and tyson barry so we know four of the right. options we just need to know who the fifth one is and if it's not puliarvi i don't think he's gonna put up like how many points can this guy put up so well so the other interesting thing is uh McDavid is left-handed. Dreisaitl's left-handed. I think Nugent Hopkins is also left-handed. And Kyler Yamamoto is right-handed. So they do need a right-handed guy on that on that power play. I don't know which way Barry shoots, but he's a right D-man, so I assume he shoots right. Um, but yeah, for the longest time, they had this issue where like James Neal and Chieson were their only guys that they felt comfortable that were right-handed. And so they kind of had to use them. Mm-hmm. Well, Lapising Barry is right. So yeah. maybe that makes. So that puts two of them on the line. Like, that'll be way better already. Okay. Well, go, go Oilers. But okay, I guess <laughs> it's not the Oilers cast. So we can move on here. At this point, I'm getting less interested in the names I'm going to start listing here. So we'll see. We uh, said Tyler Benson, Egor Korshkov on the Leafs. By the way, I don't mean to like poo-poo anyone's like favorite prospects. I'm just thinking in terms of like must get like Young Guns cards. Yeah. I'm not excited, especially about Korshkov, Gustav Lidstrom, uh, Victor Soderstrom on Arizona. Oli Yolevi is someone who I guess we used to be excited about on Vancouver when he was drafted a few years ago. At this point, he doesn't see like maybe he'll make the team, which would be nice. But sure. I don't know if he's going to become a star defenseman. Connor Ingram is a goalie on Nashville who actually had a good year last year in the AHL but now that they've drafted Askarov and they've got like Saros and Rene in the short term there might just never be an opportunity for Ingram to actually like have the chance to be a starter on this team I would call him a dark horse because you know he played for Team Canada in the World Juniors so he has been a top goalie in his age category it's just whether or not he puts it together at the next level um, I like he could have a chance in Nashville because he's a couple years out of like there being a big hole there. But yeah, he's definitely, you know, could make it, but long shot. Yeah, like 
he might also just make it on a different team, right? Sure. At some point, like maybe there's just no room on Nashville, so they get to flip him. I, uh, Matthew and I in our dynasty draft, super late, like like a 28th round pick or something. We took Sam Montembeau, not because I think he has like a bright future in Florida. They really do even want a goalie on Florida. They totally destroyed Bobrovsky last year. And I know like Spencer Knight is there. So like, it's not like Montembeau is going to come in and be a starter on that team. But I was kind of thinking best case for him is he has another decent year in the AHL that maybe gets traded at some point and has a chance sure. on another team. Maybe it'll be Ingram and Montembeau as the tandem on a team in like three years from now. So who knows? But yeah, definitely uh, Ingram's not someone I'm super excited about. Liam Foudy is a name I've heard yeah. on Columbus. Is think... it Foudy or Foodie? I don't know. Sorry. <laughs> I'm going to call him Foodie. You can call him Foudy and we'll be, one of us will be right. Um, but no, he's he's got high potential, I think. Um, St. Louis has a couple of young guys in Foodie and Costin. But Foodie, Foodie is Columbus, by the way. Oh, right. They traded him, didn't they? Okay, so he's Columbus. Anyways, I think he has high potential. Um, yeah, he had 68 so. points in 45 games in the OHL last year. He was drafted in the first round of 2018. Yeah, so yeah actually, you're right. I was I was too fast to try to pass over him. He, add him to the list, maybe with like a, you know, at least a Tyler Benson, maybe even a Velarde, uh, the chat room. Yeah. Okay, apparently it was Foodie, so I blew that. Mathieu, <laughs> by the way, big on Velarde. Mathieu, who do you think, Velarde or Foodie? Who, whose young gun would you rather have? Let us I, I think that I would go with Foodie, but I would put both of them kind of in my top 10 in this list and openly say that I have no idea. Okay, Mathieu's saying Velarde. Yeah, two. that's fair. But okay, so we're excited if we pull a Foodie. So that's good to know. Alexander True is on the Sharks. It's a very cool name. Yeah. Did you watch the Watchmen HBO show from a couple, or I think it was just last year, actually. You know what? It's been on my list to check out, but I didn't love the movie. So I've kind of like put it on the back burner. Oh, okay. If I may forget about that movie. Okay. The show was so good. And it's like, it's, Sort of, like, not the same story as the movie. Like, kind of takes place in the same world, but it sort of, like, takes place after the events of the movie, I think. Or, like, or like parallel. I don't know. But it's, like, some of the characters are there, but it's a very different story. And, anyways, one of the main characters is Lady True, but it's spelled differently. So, Gotcha, okay. <laughs> gotcha. Okay, so, yeah, no spoilers, but I will check that out now. Because I'm definitely, like, a sci-fi, fantasy, you know, superhero type of guy. Just, yeah. you know. I will say one good thing about it. And again, I promise I'm not going to do spoilers. Uh, <laughs> Matthew is in chat. No spoilers. It's one of those shows where like uh, the first episode, like a bunch of stuff happens and you're just like, what the hell is this show? Like there's all this weird stuff going on. Like that doesn't make any sense. Mm. So I don't want anyone who like is taking my advice to watch. And then after the first episode, I was like, this show's ridiculous. Nothing makes any sense. Like they did a really good job that by the end, like it all, it all makes sense. Okay. Okay. So, okay. It's good. So one of those shows where like, you can't take it at face value after one episode. That's good. That's good to know. Cause I sometimes will just jump shit. And but the first episode was very good, and it's only okay. nine episodes overall. But anyways, I guess this isn't a, maybe after we're done talking about hockey cards, we could switch over and do a Watchmen podcast. I wonder if one of those <laughs> exists. I'm sure All there right. is. Uh, Nicholas Bowden on Chicago, Thomas Harley on Dallas. Again, I'll just let you stop me if there's someone you're excited about. Yep. Johan uh, Johansson on Buffalo, Jansen Harkins on Winnipeg, Alex Belzil Montreal, Ryan McLeod Edmonton, Igor Zamula Philadelphia. Mikey Anderson, LA, Connor McMichael. So he's someone I'm kind of yeah. into on Washington. The thing with Washington is they have kind of a stacked, or not stacked, like their top six is like kind of full. 
at the moment. Like they've got, you yes. know, Wilson, Ovechkin, Backstrom, then they've got Oshi and Kuznetsov and Vrana. Right. And it's kind of like if one of those people don't get injured, I'm not sure what Connor McMichael can really do, but it just does take one injury. Maybe at some point they decide to bring Oshi down or someone you know like maybe they they, they could sh- shift things around eventually yeah. and obviously already i think oh she's like 35 or so, like he's, yeah, he's getting, getting older. older yeah and these young guys if they're talented enough they just take the roster spots right yeah um one guy to quickly touch on that you ran by is harkins in winnipeg right okay yeah yeah so he played great in the ahl if i remember correctly and then he came up to winnipeg i think he played in the playoffs and was like incredible for them uh, I know their coach had like amazing things to say about him. Pretty sure he scored a goal and it was, it was after they had a couple injuries and he came in just like, people were like, who is this guy in the same way that Kiviranta came out of nowhere. So I would say like, you know, another dark horse candidate, certainly not okay. like a top 10 guy, but like he can play hockey. Hey, I mean, he's he's right in that Kiviranta age range. He's 23. He was drafted way back in 2015 in the second round. He finally got to the Jets last season. Like you said, like didn't do much there. Seven points in 29 games. We got 31 points in 30 AHL games with Manitoba, which was much better than anything he's ever done in the past uh, in the AHL. Right. So, all right, good for him. Hopefully he can keep it up and make his card not uh, someone to be disappointed about. Because, you know, you pull it out slowly. You see you're getting a young guns. You're like, ooh, it's a young guns. And then you're like, oh, Anson Harkins. Yeah. Oh, no. yeah, I mean, like, I wouldn't be stoked, but I wouldn't be like, let's put this in the wood chipper. All right, so then we've got the two Robertson brothers, who I think yeah. people are excited about both of them, Jason Robertson and Nick Robertson. Nick is on the Leafs. Nick yeah. is the one I'd be excited about just because Leafs cards in general are worth a lot. And the Leafs might have a spot for him in the top six. Like, it's not well, without a question. Maybe even next season. And, like, he's kind of become a meme in a way because <laughs> the Leafs fans, like, wouldn't shut up about him in the playoffs. And, you know thinking about what their roster might be kind of before even the bubble came together. So like he does kind of have some attention, whether that continues, you know, when their roster actually comes together and they play hockey is another question, but he's kind of an interesting one. Yeah. I mean, 86 points in 46 games in the OHL, but it seems like a lot of these guys do really well in the OHL, put up numbers that are like insane. And then you really want to see what they can do in the AHL. He also had a really good world junior championships last year and and he's a leaf. So you just like, all he has to do is be okay, you know, get get that spot, maybe beat out Mikheyev for that really sweet mm. top six spot playing with, uh, you know, a Tavares or a Matthews. And then all of a sudden he becomes very exciting. But, or maybe he learns on the line with Joe Thornton. Hey. That's like the best thing you could ever have. I'd be happy if I pulled a Nick Robertson. Sure. I, I might send that to PSA just to be ready to sell it when he <laughs> eventually does something. Uh, okay. By the way. Oh, can we? Can I do a quick digression here as we of go course. through? Speaking of sending cards to PSA, that was a uh, our show. Was it last week or the? I think it was a couple of weeks ago. When we were talking yeah. about grading. Uh, I just bought recently on the suggestion of Lap here in the chat room. I bought one of these magnifiers, which you can see here. Here, let me do it without the light here. But it's got like three different <laughs> types of magnifiers: wow. like thirty times, sixty times, and uh, ninety times. And you just like put it right over the card and you're like looking at it like uh, you're looking at those corners so it's like apparently you're an idiot if you send a card to PSA without looking at it closely because you have no they're going to be looking at it under a microscope like yeah. this to make sh- to check for if it's a 9 or a 10 and I'll be honest like 
maybe you still like also need some expertise because I looked at my McDavid KSA 8.5 with this guy and I'm still not really seeing what's wrong with it. Like, I don't know why KSA gave it an 8.5. I wish they had the subgrade so I could at least know what I'm supposed to be looking for. Maybe there's a scratch. I didn't really look too carefully for a scratch. Maybe it's something like that, but right. Or the centering could be off by a lot. Yeah. Centering. And stupid centering. I've already done my centering rant, right? Like that's stupid. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, I think it's kind of silly unless it's really bad. Or noticeable, right? Um, but but yeah, so get one of these. Apparently, this was like ten bucks. So yeah, that's incredibly cheap. So definitely a nice tool if you want to be sending cards in. And yeah, I'm I'm gonna borrow that and look at a lot of cards that I'm we have to it. kind of figure out if we want to send in. Because um, some cards are like not even worth it. Like the the raw version and a PSA nine sell for almost the same price. So the PSA yeah. nine will only be like a little bit more. So if you're not confident you're going to get the ten, then you're wasting your money and like six months of time for not much value. And if you get an eight, it's like worth less. You might as well take it out of the slab and just sell it raw. Yeah, yeah. Like I mean, picture. I have a th- I have a thought that the PSA nines have more potential to go up than the ungraded cards, uh, if the hobby keeps taking off and people st- keep wanting these cards. But yeah, generally speaking, you know, PSA nine and ungraded cards are pretty similar. The PSA nines tend to be a bit more, but not more than the cost of sending it to PSA. Right, yeah. So you have to, yeah, you just got to be careful and you don't want to waste your time if it's like a card that when you look at it under the microscope, it's really clear that the corner isn't that nice or whatever. Uh, right. Thomas Harley is a name I skipped by. Thank you so much to Matthew in the chat saying, hey, don't skip Thomas Harley. He's another <laughs> Dallas guy. So we can compare. Who's the other Dallas guy we were talking about before? Kiviranta? Well, no, there was a, yet a Ty Delandria. Right, right. So I don't know how we have to maybe rank our Dallas young guns in this set. But Thomas Harley was picked uh, 18th overall in 2019. All right. And last year he played in the OHL, another like point per game guy in the OHL. He's actually, it's like disappointing. 57 points in 59 games. That's it. All those other OHL yeah. guys are getting like double that. Yeah, like point per game in the OHL is serviceable NHLer. You're not You're not thinking about them as like, a superstar point getter, but you never know. Some guys turn up in the NHL and their play style just for whatever reason leads to them scoring a bunch of goals. Yeah, it's possible. And by the way, there is another Dallas guy, which we were talking about Nick Robertson, but I mentioned the Robertson brothers. So there's also Jason Robertson who's also on Dallas. So this team seems like they have a pretty good prospect pool, right? Oh, and there's still another one coming up. Actually, their goalie, yeah, right. Jake Ettinger is also in this young gun. So if you're a Dallas fan, you should definitely be buying this box because you're almost guaranteed to get one Dallas young gun in a in a box. Did they get Ettinger from St. Louis? I don't. Okay, that I'm gonna have to look up. But how about <laughs> uh, next time you're talking, I can look that up. Sure. Uh, may, very quickly, Jason Robertson is. Yeah, so he's on Dallas, 47 points in 60 games in the AHL last year, which, like we've said, is more impressive than, like, double point per game in the OHL. He actually, Jason Robertson, 79 points in 38 games in the OHL this last season with Niagara Ice Dogs. Uh, So, yeah, both of those guys would be nice. Those are both top tenors, right? The Robertsons in this this box? Um, I think they might be. I think they might be. I think we'll have to at the end hear who your top ten are. Oh boy, I should have been writing this down. I, yeah, I think they're either top ten or top fifteen. Okay, top fifteen out of fifty, but okay, that's fair. We have had a lot of names that we're kind of interested in. Uh, okay, I'll keep going here. So, Emil Larmy on Pittsburgh, 
Philip Kurashev on Chicago. Peyton Krebs, that's a name. He was drafted in the first round by Vegas. Yeah, Peyton Krebs definitely has super high upside. He, I think he was top 10 in the draft, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, uh, no, 17th overall. 17th? Okay, maybe he was like projected to go in the top 10. But that's a guy that I'm excited to see what he can do. Of course, like any of these guys, it's so early to be able to tell and we're kind of waiting and seeing, but that would be one that I'd, I'd like to pull out of a, yeah, out of a me box. Too. I mean, he crushed the, like, so he went back to the WHL last year after being drafted and then dropped a cool 60 points in 38 games. Mm-hmm. So obviously he did everything the Jets were hoping for. Uh, the year that he was drafted, he had a really great world junior championships where he had 10 points in seven games. So obviously that yeah. rose his stock. So I'm not sure why he fell so far, but could be a really good get by Vegas, who's another like super stacked team. <laughs> like they're going to be good for a while. And yeah, yeah, Krebs. Yeah, I'd be into Krebs. Who would you rather have, a Cody Glass or a Peyton Krebs Young Guns? I think I'd still go Cody Glass because he's like kind of on the team already. He's a center. Uh, he went higher in the draft, if I'm not mistaken. And I just kind of believe in glass a little bit more, but I wouldn't be surprised if Krebs overtook him for that kind of fame. Yeah, I guess for next year, Glass is interesting. Glass is someone I wish I had now, and then he'd be an interesting guy to talk about once the season starts, because with Paul Stasny out of the picture, we could very likely be seeing Glass centering either like a Pacioretty stone line or uh, Marcia So Riley Smith, right? And with William yeah. Carlson as the other center. So that Glass could be a really good could, buy right now. Yeah, he could end up in a really good situation. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write that down. Cody Glass. Maybe I'm going to take a look and see what I could get him for on eBay at the moment. There you go. Okay, here's a name I'm excited about. Not that you should buy this card, but another guy, Matthew, and I drafted super late in our <laughs> dynasty draft, Shane Bowers of Chicago, yeah. of Colorado. He was yeah. part of the Matt Duchesne trade. From Ottawa. The, yeah, so uh, yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, he's one he that something. I remember in fantasy I had him and I was thinking, okay, maybe this guy's going to make a lineup and make some noise. And he's kind of just hung out for a couple years so that's not to say he won't still make it and do something but i'm less high on him than i used to be yeah i don't think he's someone to be too high on and colorado is also stacked like i don't know if he's ever going to be like a top sixer for sure so right like we talked about another colorado guy that i think we were a lot more excited about oh martin kaut yeah i don't even know anything about martin kaut but i'd probably still want him over (laughs) shane bowers uh okay Kiefer bellows on the Islanders. He's a former first round pick way back in 2016. And he finally got a shot in the big leagues last year, played eight games, only three points, didn't do too much in the AHL. So I don't think this is a, I don't think he's going to be a big hit here. Yeah. He's a weird one. Like I know people that are like stoked that he's back in the fold and like think they could, he could maybe turn it around. But then other people are like, this guy is very bad. So (laughs) yeah, I don't, I don't think I'd be jazzed about that one. Okay, they've got another goalie coming, Mikhail Burden, who is a goalie yeah. for the Jets. I've heard that name, but again, goalies this early, like I just, I don't believe in goalies this early, kind of thing. Yeah, I'm. I mean, I mean, the Jets have Laurent Brossois 
as their backup yes. right now, which isn't that great. I don't know who else they have. I'm sure Matthew knows here, like, if there's anyone we should be more excited about in the Jets system for goalies coming up. But at the same time, Connor Hellebuck just won the Vesna. So I think it's going to be, a, and he's still pretty young. So yeah. it's going to be a while before someone could really make a name for themselves on Winnipeg. So this would be like a Caden Primo kind of buy, probably, where you're hoping that, like, maybe, like, five years down the road, this guy will do something. But I'm not, I wouldn't be too excited about this uh, Mikhail Burden pull. I'd right. be more excited about the next guy in the checklist here, Vitaly Kravtsov of the New York Rangers. So going into last season, like before training camp, a lot of people thought he might end up, you know, making the team and being like a top sixer. And then he was surprisingly, he didn't even make the team and he ended up going back to the KHL where he, or no, he went to the AHL. He played with Hartford for 39 games. Actually didn't even do that that well. Only 15 points in 39 games. Uh, Before that, he was like a highly heralded prospect coming out of the KHL. Uh, so I don't know. I still like the Rangers are just an exciting team, and I think they're yeah. going to go on a run like pretty soon. And if Kravtsov's part of it, he could be like someone that has some value. Like maybe I don't know. I'm trying to think of some like player on Tampa this year. That I guess Tampa was a weird team this year. Like a lot of the they had like the superstars, and then kind of like no name guys or like middle of the road guys like an Anthony Sorelli whose card didn't yeah. like get too people didn't get too excited about. But right, anyway, right. Kravtsov's still someone I'd be down to get because I think he still has a lot of upside. Yeah, I think. One thing that I think about a lot with the AHL, if you just look at their point production, especially when they're supposed to make the NHL and they're sent to the AHL to kind of figure things out, is they'll often be sent back to the AHL with like a specific mission to mm. like improve their game in some way, right? And that might not be like go score 40 goals. It might be like make sure you cover your guy at all times in the defensive zone. And so then their, like, point production gets hurt. So mm-hmm. I'm not necessarily advocating that Kravtsov is this, like, superstar that'll do it in the NHL, but there's just kind of that, like, asterisk next to it with the AHL for guys that they're, like, trying to trying to just, like, work on their game. Yeah, I guess uh, another sort of, like, hit potentially against Kravtsov, like Matthew is saying in the chat here, is, like, the Rangers are kind of stacked now for wingers. So I don't know. It might be tough for him to get yeah. a really good spot on the team. They've got Panarin. They've got Lafreniere, of course. And then still, like, Kreider and Buchnevich. Uh, and I feel like there's probably more names that I'm not thinking of at the moment. Like, uh, yeah. So I, it might be hard, but we'll see. They, maybe they'll be so good they'll fill a top nine because they do have three decent centers and Strom and Zabanjad, of course, and then they have Filipidal, who I think is like yeah. a really good player. Oh, Kako, duh, who's probably as obviously ahead of Kravtsov. He was picked uh, second overall last year. So, yeah, it's going to be... Uh, this Rangers team, by the way, I think I've said it on the show, like, I'm super stoked about the Rangers in general. Yeah. But, uh, anyways, so that's probably why I would want a Kravtsov. I just want to get in on this team. I'm still looking... I still am trying to buy a Shistjorkin young gun. They're so expensive. Someone I saw on Kijiji posted two of them, and he said he wanted 55 each. And then I Whoa. messaged him and said, will you take 80 for the pair? And he didn't even respond. Hmm. So maybe that was too much of a low ball. I feel like I have one. Maybe I should sell you mine. I'll give you 40. Okay. If it looks good. All right. And, and let me, I want to think about it, but probably I'll give you 40. <laughs> or we'll trade. I gave you my whole box, my whole collection. Why don't we just work out a trade? I'll That's give you true. one of my Alfredsons for him. Yeah, I'll find something cool in there and we'll just, we'll just make a trade. Okay, cool. Um, okay, so we're almost done here. So Artem Zagidulin on Calgary. I believe he's also a goalie. That's quite a name, Zagadulin. Yeah, it's fu- it's a fun name. I like that, Zag. Oh yeah, he's a goalie also. 
So we'll see. Calgary just got Markstrom, and he'll be there like for the next like six years or whatever. So I think you're waiting a while on Zagadou. Yeah, yeah. Well, like that's my feeling on goalies that they put into these young guns like early, like within a few years of them being drafted. Like with goalies, you're waiting. Like you're waiting a long time, and mm-hmm. so you know you're also waiting for a goalie who could be good and could not be good for five, six, seven years, maybe more, because sometimes they enter when they're 27. Uh, so unless you're – like Di Pietro, I think, would be the exception in this list where he well, I, could make it another, earlier. Yeah, I'll throw another name at you. Actually, like right now, we're one card away from him, Jake Ettinger on Dallas, who we brought up before. Especially sure. now that the news is that Ben Bishop is injured. So yeah. that means Ettinger is going to be the backup next year. And I have all the faith in the world in Hudobin, but Dallas is like a strong defensive team. Right. And Hudobin isn't young. So I feel like they'd be smart to, you know, play them close to 50 50 or 60 40. Hudobin's never really been a starting goalie in the NHL. Like, I don't think they True. want to give him a starter's workload. So Ettinger yep. could like come and be a significant player as soon as next year. So he could be a good guy to pull and then either flip or hold on to because Bishop and Hudobin are both no, not the super young guys. So yeah, Edinger yeah. could be the guy in just a couple of years. Yeah, I would say that's a good second guy. But like any of the other ones, like I'd kind of see if we can get some value from them. But otherwise, I'm not stoked. Right. And then there's Francois, who sure. is... On Colorado, he's older, but like Colorado, the thing with Colorado is like they're going to probably go on another cup run. Yeah. Like they were stopped by Dallas this year. It didn't help that both of their goalies, like including Francois, got injured. Who knows if things would have been different if they had their two good goalies. But yeah, I feel like Francois is someone who could like be worth a lot, like come playoff time, if he ends up beating out uh, the other guy who I'm blanking on right now. Yeah, Grubauer, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, Francis beats out Grubauer and he's the starter in the playoffs, which I think that's pretty much a coin flip to me at this point. So Yeah. I still think they see Grubauer as the number one guy, but I wouldn't be shocked if he took the job kinda like Kudobin did. I just don't think he has like that star power that will raise his cards to like that next level. So like, But would you have thought that about Hudobin going into the playoffs? I still I don't I still don't think about him that way and never did like even when he was doing that in the playoffs it like his cards weren't crazy and like he has everything going for him right he's got like that awesome personality he played great like he made the stanley cup finals like but his cards still weren't crazy right like he's no Hmm. he's not even reaching carter hart levels where people think like he's a star yeah, there's something about these young players. Like, I feel like he'll never get to Carter Hart, just even if, like, Carter Hart... Well, Hart's also, like, a for-sure starter, and Hudobin, at the end of the day, is still who he That's is. That's what like, I mean. Yeah, it's kind of, like, the similar, like, yeah, they did the thing, but, like, will he he's still ever like, be the star? I think he was selling, like, above $20 for his sure. young guns in the yeah. playoffs. So, yeah, I guess it depends. And, and Francois is... Like, he's had a really strong career, like, outside of the NHL. He's pretty much been a successful goalie wherever he's been. So I I like him. Matthew and I actually picked him also in this dynasty nice. league. So maybe it's like yeah. I'm overly excited about him. I don't hate I, him. I think it's not a terrible acquisition. It's just like I don't not and I'm not excited. Yeah, I'm not going to go and like bid 
with someone on a France so right. and like get up to like 20 bucks or whatever. I'm curious to see. It'll be so fun to see how much these cards start selling for once people start opening these boxes and putting the cards on eBay. That'll be really fun. We'll just do another show where we can just go through this list again but actually be able to reference the prices. Maybe that's the one where we also bring on the prospect expert. Uh, here's another goalie that I never had heard of and I definitely have no interest in uh, because he's on Carter Hart's team, ah. Kirill Utsdemenko. Yeah. Yeah. What chance could he have of being a star as long as Carter Hart's in the picture? Well, again, in five years, like, let's revisit this conversation, but... Yeah. Five years, Carter Hart, like, could still, like, very likely he'll be 25 or he'll be 26. Right, but so much changes in the NHL in five years, like, I don't know. Yeah. It's hard to say. I mean, it's possible that any of these guys could end up being a star. I'm just not uh, banking on it. Yeah. Uh, Jake Evans on Montreal. Jake Evans is sort of interesting. Oh, yeah? Tell me more. Yeah, I mean, I think he's played a few games for Montreal, even. Um, He's another guy that... I think he's a pretty small guy, and he could make the team and have an impact, but I'm just not sure on him yet. Yeah, he's not really someone I've heard much buzz for. Yeah. Uh, Timothy... But he's Montreal. That's true. So anyone on Montreal could... Yeah, that guy, uh, Ryan Paling, his yeah. card still sells for a decent amount. I don't think he has much of a future. I mean, like he might he might be a solid NHLer, but I don't think he's going to be like a superstar. Timmy... Uh, so, okay, a Leafs player. So you could say the same thing. Tim, Timothy... Li- Timothy Liljegren. Liljegren. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was supposed to be the next coming of Leafs defenders. And he's had relatively good success in the Marlies as far as like he's won championships with them. But like, I've seen him in person and he got lost on the Marlies team. So maybe he's come a long way in the last couple of years, but I am super not high on this guy. So he's already now, it was only 21. His first yeah. round pick back in 2017 uh, could be an offensively minded defenseman. 30 he points is. in 40 games. Last year. So he's someone to watch. The Leafs, you know, they have obviously Morgan Riley, but last year Riley got bumped from the top power play for Tyson Barry. And there's really no one else at this point. You know, they have Jake Muzzin, they just signed TJ Brody, but neither of them are going to be like, you know, offensive top power play guys. So if, you know, Morgan Riley can't get Sheldon Keefe to, you know, convince him to put him on the top power play, although they do have that guy. Rasmus Sandin. Actually, I was thinking of another guy. Oh, yeah, they have okay. Rasmus Sandin. They have someone that they just recently signed from overseas that people are kind of excited about. Oh, but uh, sorry, this is bad podcasting again. Well, they, but yeah, yeah, you I mentioned just... TJ Brody too, who's seen the power play a bit. Um, like, yeah, I, I'm not stoked on Lilligren. Maybe he'll make the team, and that'll be good enough because he's a Leaf, kind of in the same vein of you know Montreal Canadiens fandom leaves fandom but yeah yeah by the way it's miko Lettinen is the guy thanks matthew right right he's the guy that the leaves brought in so yeah there's a lot of names i guess now that can which is good for them because i don't think they should be necessarily only having morgan Riley to rely on because he could obviously also get injured can i interrupt with a weird toronto thing Please. the ahl coach came out and said that the leaves might try mm-hmm. three defensemen and two forwards on the ice? On like, the ice. At even strength. At even strength. Who said this? The AHL coach? Yeah. Said that the Marlies are going to do this? No, the, the Leafs. Leafs. Well, how would he know? Well, he's in the organization. Right. I mean, that Anyways, would be like, wild. I don't know if they're actually going to do it, but like that makes no sense to me. The Leafs have like not the best defensive corps and like the like really talented forwards. Why are you 
you should be going like four forwards, one D if you have to do it. That's so funny. I've never heard of that. I've heard of like three forwards, two D on the power play and then, or doing four forwards and one D that's right. sort of like, and then every once in a while, the craziest thing happens and they go five forwards, no sure. D on the power play, but I've never heard of three D uh, that, that changes that changes the whole lineup. All of yeah, a sudden it now, so be, weird. All of a sudden, it's really hard for forwards to crack the team. They'll only be, I guess, eight forwards instead of twelve. But you know what? Maybe Lilligren is a good pick if that happens. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> all right. Well, we'll see. And then yeah, the set ends up with Francois, and then the checklist card with Lafreniere and Kravtsov, which is always not worth anything. Right? Oh, Kravtsov that's interesting right? though that they're both Rangers players. Mm, maybe that's why. Um, so, like, if Kravtsov does become something, like, there's something there. Like, I, I kind of like the one that has both Hughes brothers uh, on it, and that's like an interesting thing. And I think that could get some value. But the one that has McDavid and Sam Bennett on it is really gross. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like it does have some value because McDavid's on there. And it's a young gun, young gun. But like Sam Bennett is just so not yeah. the guy. Like, they... Yeah, like put someone better on there. Come on. If it would have been Panarin, that would have been a cool card. Oh, that would have been a very cool card. And like, I feel like there was a bunch of other guys they could have put from his year that would have been more interesting. So, what's your guess as we close out the show? The first Lafreniere auction on eBay. What do you think it goes for? So. I was thinking about this a little bit and his autographed team Canada cards or his autographed CHL cards were going from like 150 to $250. Obviously those are harder to get than the young guns will be, but maybe not when they first come out. Yeah. And people love young guns and people love young guns. So yeah, like, I kind of think it'll be sort of comparable to those. I don't wow. know exactly where it'll end up, but I don't think you'll be able to get a raw one for under 150 in the first few weeks. It might come down a little bit and you'll be able to get it cheaper uh, as like they start to flood the market. But it's going to be a while before like a lot of people have these in hand, right? So in that case, if you pull one in your box, do you just list it right away and try to get like $175 for it? Yeah, so my I think so. I think you sell it immediately and try and get that price. And then you're like watching auctions to see when it goes down and like rebuy it at a lower price because it won't last, right? Like the best young guns aren't going for over $100 ungraded unless you're talking about the guys that are like proven, you know, like Pedersen, yeah, Dreisaitl. Yeah, like those guys are, but... I, th- I think you could kind of sell it and then like get it back and make a few dollars for That's doing nothing. <laughs> yeah. So that'll be, I guess we'll see if you put your money where your mouth is when you do pull one. Cause I know you will, you lucky SOB. <laughs> and, but maybe you'll even pull an exclusives parallel uh, out of a hundred young guns Lafreniere. And then, well, then you then just, we'll be then talking. you just put it up for like $2,000 and see what happens. Yeah. And who knows? Maybe someone will, there's also French. Anyway, I guess maybe at some point we'll actually get this box and then we could do another show where we just open some of the cards and take a look at them. Yeah. Uh, but 
this has been a blast, man. Like we had a bunch of other things that we were thinking we could talk about, but I just kind of ha- thought that it would be fun to go through the list. And yep. now we have content for next week's show already prepared. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think the last thing that's interesting to think about is series two. So sure. Series well, two going is... to be like so many potentially great players. Right. So it's going to come out probably mid next year. Maybe even when the season is still going, the playoffs is going. I don't know what they're going to do. Um, but it's going to have Byfield. It's going to have Stutzla. It's going to have basically everyone that was just drafted that, you know, that plays. plays. So it's going to be like the high-end yeah. guys. Um, plus, you know, the guys that make their teams from previous years. So Yeah, like maybe it, your Moritz Siders, Dylan Cousins, like Trevor Zgrass, like these kinds of players. Yeah, yeah. So it could be a really exciting Series 2. And Series 2 tends to be worse in most cases because it doesn't have like that you know mcdavid or whatever matthews um but this could be one of the best series too so i get well yeah because it doesn't get the normal guys that would have been flooding into series one yeah this box might well we've been talking about players and like obviously we've you know trying to find some diamonds in the rough here and say that actually there's a lot of exciting players to pull but a lot of these are kind of like still i feel like question mark players yeah like not like you know not in terms of like their question marks to like be in the NHL but to be like a super exciting like cards that people are going to be like clamoring for outside right. of Lafreniere so this might be a bit more of like a boomer bust type of box where you pull Lafreniere or you're like kind of disappointed 100% I think there's definite upside in the box but there's only one that you pull and you're like legit stoked like really excited right yeah, which is why I'm kind of just not thinking. I'm thinking I'm not going to open my box. Right, we were right. Discussing. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, I'm excited to open it and have people on the live stream watch. People can buy packs if they want. We'll have we'll have a good time. Yeah, we'll definitely we'll make a bigger when you get the cards. Then we will, and when you get the box, we'll do a post on our Instagram. And we'll share with everyone that like this is happening, and we'll come up with a good plan for the show of that week. Yeah. Uh, but all right, so thanks, everyone who listened to the show. Uh, sorry, maybe, if uh, we don't know the most about prospects, but, you know, we, we tried our best here. Trust us once the NHL season starts and we're talking more about the players that we've all seen play before. Ryan and I, we, we know we know our stuff, okay? We, we, we tried our best here, and I think we still had some fun takes. And maybe I shouldn't be ending a show by, like, apologizing for the show. I think we had a good time. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, no, I mean, like, I think that... I know the like higher end prospects. It's these guys that are like lower end that I haven't heard of that. I'm kind of like, I don't know like who this guy is going to be. And they might be like defensemen that aren't going to really become, you know, high point guys. Like there's always young guns in there that just aren't exciting players. And that makes sense. You can't have 50 hits. Otherwise there's kind of no fun. Like, upper deck has to make some choices here and there's not 50 amazing young guns every year yeah by the way lap is pointing out that like holding a box for a 300 upside in x years seems like a pretty low expected value which maybe has a good point it's like if you're wait if i have a hundred and whatever hundred and what did you say 140 dollars that the box yeah. costs so i like investing that money and then waiting for like three four years and then trying to sell that box and i'm only like potentially doubling it well, uh, maybe it's not like such a good, maybe I could have done something better with that money. I think a hundred percent, you know, well, okay. So a hundred percent increase over three years is 
I don't know what the math is, but it's still pretty good. Like, and it's, I think it's a safer option, right? Like yeah. it's safer than picking a young guns that hasn't played a hockey game and investing in them. Right. Um, Maybe it's also the kind of thing where it's like, there's a big difference between buying like a thousand of these boxes right. and, you know, spending $10,000 and then you're doubling your investment. And it's like, okay, that was like a good investment. Like obviously a hundred percent return yeah. in three years. But if you're spending a hundred dollars, maybe it's just like better to just have fun rather than wait a couple of years just to maybe make another hundred dollars or two. Right, right, right. Yeah. I mean, like for me, it's also interesting just to see. Well, yeah. Like, is investing in this box a good idea over time versus, you know, when I buy a Lafreniere directly, like which one kind of pans out better. Um, but I think the reason I, I like this box for an investment is, you know, Lafreniere is one of those guys that could be a generational guy. Um, we don't know that obviously, but this could be one of those boxes that does go quite a bit up in value where some of them don't, right? Like some of them kind of plateau at whatever they were being sold for when they got released. Yeah, that makes sense. It seems like a good investment. Like, I don't know, I would be too wimpy to actually like invest like all of my actual savings in like boxes of 2020, 21 uh, upper deck. But the way you describe it, like it sounds like kind of a a can't lose, but uh, definitely that's not the advice we're giving and people should not be spending their retirement on these boxes. But so it's it's an exciting time. I'm probably going to get peer pressured to open the packs in my box. Who am I kidding? Well, you're going to get two. You could open one. That's true. I'm peer pressuring you already. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, yeah, thanks again, everyone. I hope you like the show. So we're at Near Mint Hockey on uh, Twitter and on Instagram. Uh, come hang out with us in the Discord channel, which is linked to in the show notes. And, uh, yeah, we will catch you all with another episode next week.